day. This is his day. It is not ours. It is his and we are the stewards of the Lord's day. We don't own Sunday. Neither we owe any days. Bible tells us in Psalm number 31, verse 15, that my times are in the Lord's hand. And then another Psalm number 74 and verse 16 says, the day and the night are Lord's. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord owns everything? And we are just stewards. We are not owner. We are the stewards. And for the stewards, we are going to be accountable. Accountable. So with that, I would like to quote David in Psalm 118. This is the day the Lord has made. So we will rejoice and be glad in the Lord. Let's pray. What a privilege, O oh God, that you have brought us together in the house of God with the people of God. We thank you, dear God, for the rest thou hast granted to us. Thank you, Lord, for trusting us another day in our lives. Matter of fact, Lord, you trusted us 24 hours. And we are very grateful. Help us, O oh God, that what you have given to us, that we might be found faithful in every second, every minute, every hour, and every day. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful place you've given to us. And thank you, Lord, for this freedom we have in this land where we can come together and worship you. Along with the millions, oh Lord, we join our spirit in praising you and worshiping you for who you are. Great is the Lord and worthy of our worship. We commit our life and our time in your loving hands. May you be praised. May you be exalted. Open our eyes. Open our understanding, O merciful God, that we may comprehend the truth about your word. And give us the love that we may love your word with all our heart and obey you. Thank you, Father, for each person, those who are here, we commit our life in your loving hands with thanksgiving and praises in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Well, we have been looking into the Bible. Behold, I bring life eternal. That's Bible. Behold, I bring life eternal. And beloved, what a privilege we have that God has given to us his word. It is his word he has given to us. 66 books he has given to us. And what a joy that we treasure God's word in our heart. Meditate day and night that will not depart from our heart. Well, the Bible is 66 books. How many in Old Testament? Just, I forgot. How many? How many in the Old Testament? 39. 39. Okay, minus uh, 66 minus 39 equal to 27. So the New Testament is 27. And we believe, as a believer, this book is our authority. Pastor Marty is not authority. 
I am not authority. No one is authority. Bible. God's word is the authority. And we stand on God's word. And I wish, I hope, my beloved, that you have the same concept. Then only we can travel together. Bible is inspired word of God. It is not man's word. It is God's word. And we have been looking into Bible. And you know, my friends, I would like to take time. Because this is so foundational principles for believers. To know what we believe. Because this book will take us eternally in heaven. Because, you know, that this book should not depart from your mouth, meditate day and night. And we will get into that. So what I, I would like to say that to you in the beginning, that last two times we have been looking into the Bible, and still another two times we will go for Bible. And then we'll go to the doctrine of Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is. But I'm not rushing into I want to give enough time so you program your mind in the Bible. I would not be erased. Even in the middle of night, you will have an answer for everything. So that's my heart's desire. So bear with me. Even I like to repeat over and over again because repetition is very good. Repetition is very good. Peter learned that lesson. Peter learned this lesson in 1 Peter chapter 4. In a closing words, he said, I will not hesitate to remind you over and over again. Because, you know, we forget. We forget. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We are human creatures of forgetting. So, Bible... We should be keeping in mind and forget. So what we did last time, last Sunday we were not here. Last Sunday we had been to Enfield Church, and I would like to uh, share a big concern. Uh, the pastor, Pastor Glenn, senior pastor, uh, he was cancer-free, and now again he relapsed cancer in lungs. So please pray for God's servant. I'm asking God to add 15 years in his life. Please pray for Pastor Glenn. It will be your prayer concern. We are praying for, I wish you would pray for Pastor Glenn. Pray for him. Because he is going for chemotherapy every day now. So life is very short, friends. Life is very short. That's why every morning when I get up, what I say to the Lord, thank you, Lord, for borrowing me 24 hours. Thank you, Lord, for borrowing 24 hours. Because time is not ours. He's giving to us. And we are, I need to be faithful. I wish you would be faithful what God borrows you every day. So what we did last time, that we discussed about the revelation, both natural revelation and special revelation. We also look into the general information, structure, and content, and the themes of the Bible, and we look into the Bible's claim of inspiration. We are getting into, we just consider only one point. Uh, let me review for those who are not there. What is, who is, the, who is the source of revelation? God is the source of revelation. What is inspiration? Inspiration is the process God used to give to special revelation of the scripture. <clears throat> 
through the scripture. So the revelation is the act of God whereby he discloses to man what would otherwise be unknown. That is called revelation. Inspiration is a process by which God moved man by the Holy Spirit to write the words of God. That's why the word of God is God's word. The word of God is God's word. That's why we treasure God's word. God's word. God has revealed himself in a natural revelation. Psalmist says in Psalm 19, heaven declares the glory of God. Heaven declares everything in it, speak forth of his handiwork. His signature is all over. His signature is all over. So heaven declares the glory of God. So in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, that instead of worshiping the creator, they began to worship the creature. So what happened? They, God gave them over. God gave them over. God revealed himself through general revelation. God also revealed in conscious. You know, many people ask, what about the heathen? How they are going to judge? God has a signature in conscious. In conscious. People have right and uh, wrong understanding in their own conscience, whether they have a Bible or not. And that would lead them to search God. Expert example, Cornelius. Expert example, uh, Ethiopian eunuch. They came all the way and... So when, when God revealed himself in the conscious, they feared God. They wanted to know more about God. So Ethiopian traveled all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem, and he was again going by empty-handed. And the Lord has to dispatch Philip to minister. Those who seek the Lord, Jeremiah 29, verse 13, those who seek the Lord, they will find. They will find. God miraculously we dispatch his angel even to minister to those things. Like Cornelius, he was a very devout man. Remember, in Acts chapter 10, he was praying, and the, suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared in the afternoon, and he says, call Peter. He will come and minister. Those who seek, they find. So God revealed himself through general revelation. God revealed himself through conscience. How has God revealed himself to men through creation. How does creation show us about God? His invisible attributes. His invisible attributes. What is the purpose of the natural and general revelation? To cause men to search the scripture. Cause to search the scripture. Well, then God has revealed himself through special revelation. Through special revelation. And we saw that last time. The types of special revelation God revealed to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17. He revealed Abraham. Abraham, God revealed to him and said, Abraham, be perfect as I am. God revealed to Abraham. And then he revealed to Isaac. Then he revealed to Jacob. Then he revealed to Moses at the burning bush. Remember that? God revealed to Jacob. Jacob was running away from his brother by deceiving and all. The, he was going to his, um, his uncle's house. And he was uh, in Genesis chapter 28. He 
had a night out and he was sleeping and he saw the ladder and he saw God. And I, I believe when, when Abraham came out from his country and he came to Bethel and remember he had a first time altar, altar, and he prayed in the name of God first time in Genesis chapter 13. I believe that was the stone Jacob had on his head. So he was looking to heaven and God appeared to him. God appeared to him. God appeared to Jacob uh, in a ladder. God uh, appeared to uh, in the dreams and Daniel. Then miraculous signs and wonders flood in Genesis 7, burning bush and plagues in Egypt and uh, parting of the Red Sea in Exodus chapter 14. And I told you last time, one of the secrets, God first time used the remote control from heaven and dismantled everything. And the Pharaoh, armies of the Pharaoh drowned. You remember that? Now, we are getting into deeper understanding of the scripture. Now, I wrote a note. So, well, yes. <clears throat> the special revelation through written word. Special revelation through written word of God. Word of God. Second Timothy chapter 15, verse 17. I told you to memorize verse 16. Anybody memorize? First Timothy, second Timothy, sorry, second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Sufficient. Okay. Who will be the first? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, uh, correction, and instruction. So, the purpose of God's revealing through the word that the man of God may be perfect. You know, God is so good. He would like us to be like him. We are ugly, friends. By nature, we are sinners. Had not God's mercy, we would be in eternity in hell. But because God is so rich in love and mercy, he reached out to us. God has given us the book. Why, friends? Read verse 15. Please, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Verse 15, yes, Tim. And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. A powerful word. From childhood. Who was responsible for Timothy's upbringing? His mother and grandmother. Thank God for grandmother. Thank God for mother. Thank God that do that homework in raising their children and grandchildren. Timothy was one of them. So Timothy was, now remember that Timothy's father was an Egyptian. And mother was Jew. So he was raised with two nationality. 
that was not excuse for Timothy not to be taught in the scripture. And Timothy was raised by the scripture by his mother and grandmother. And as Tim wrote to, uh, read to us, and thank you, Tim, that from childhood, you have known the scripture. I can imagine, I, I want you to travel with me in imagination. When Timothy was raised by parents, a mother, a grandmother, everything was saturated in his mind about the laws of Moses and all these things. So when Paul and Silas and Luke came to Lystra, mother and grandmother took little Tim, as they probably must be grown up, to this meeting where Paul was the speaker. What happened? When Paul was talking about God, creator, and how he intervened, how he brought, sent Jesus Christ and all, those who seek, they find. Timothy was raised in that knowledge. So when Paul was talking about the spirit of God working in Timothy's heart, and probably after the meeting was over, Tim had gone to Paul and said, can I know more about him? You're talking about my mother and grandmother told about. Paul led him to Christ. And he became right hand of Paul. Scripture. Those who know the scripture, the spirit of God lead them to the right place. To the right place. And so I'm talking about the sufficiency of scripture. You know, my friends, uh, Psalm number 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect for what? To convert the soul. The word of God is sufficient. Word of God doesn't need any infusion. Let the word of God be word of God. That's why the word of God is sufficient. That's what Paul is talking about. The scripture is God breathed. I don't need to add anything in God's word. No wonder Charles Spurgeon, the British prince of preachers said, the word of God is like a lion. Lose it from the pulpit, it will do its work. The word of God doesn't need my help. <laughs> if I help word of God, it will be messed up. You know why? I'm imperfect. God's word is perfect. Perfect for everything. Perfect. So Paul is talking about the sufficiency of God's revelation. That word of God is sufficient in two ways. Sufficient for salvation. Sufficient for salvation and sufficient to equip the saints. That's why God, in his wisdom given to the church, apostles, prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, to equip the saints. So you do the ministry. Pastor Marty's responsibility, my responsibility, Caleb's responsibility to equip young people and the congregation. 
and they do the ministry. So week after week when you come under this roof, you are equipped for six days. And the seventh day you come out and fill it up. And then you go six days and work out. That is called sufficiency of God. Equip the saints. You know, the word of God make you unto salvation. Salvation. So, God has given us his book. It's sufficient for our salvation. The scripture, God, how did we get the Bible? How did we get the Bible? Well, Turn with me, please, to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Sec- sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21. If you read 20 and 21, would be fine. Someone can read loudly, please. Second Peter 1, 20, 21. What a, thank you, Pastor Marty, thank you. Paul writes very clearly, That knowing this, that prophecy of scripture is not any private interpretation. But it is the, uh, uh, it is uh, is never, uh, the word of God is never the will of man, but the holy man of God. They speak the word. They will speak the word. So how did we get the Bible? The holy man spake the word. Now, follow me, very important thing. Did the holy man of God, they were truly, truly, truly sinless? No. God superintended, overseed, and they wrote. They wrote, you know, I, I, I wrote the other day and I, I, I told you, uh, let me say it again. When we read the Bible, God spoke. They spoke the word of God. That means God possessed their hearts. God controlled their minds. God ordered their tongues. And so that what they spoke, not the words of their, but the word of God. Let me say it this way. Did Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a sinless? Oh no, right? God used sinful woman to bring forth his only son, perfect, sinless. Just God used Mary imperfect, God used imperfect man 
to bring his perfect word. That's the way I understand. So you know very well that if God can use Mary imperfect, because Mary did cry out in Luke's gospel chapter 1, God my Savior. Mary was not perfect, but Holy Spirit overcame and the child was born was sinless. Just like the word of God, God used the prophets and the persons, regardless of the color, caste, creed, and country, wherever they were, they were from 40 different people. God used them. God controlled their mind as God controlled Mary and brought forth sinless son of God. So the word of God brought through man of God. The man of God. <clears throat> so Bible, God spoke through man and, 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 and they wrote it. They had written about 16 years, 1,600 1, years, from 1,500 BC to AD 100 years. This is the span. 40 different authors, 60 books, 39 old, 29, 27. New. Now, what are the languages God used? God can use anything. If God can use donkey, he can use anything, right? God used, in the Old Testament, God used Hebrew and Aramic language. And Septuagint, that is called the Greek translation of the Old Testament, written in 3 BC, it is called Lexicon. Uh, Seventy people, the Jewish scholars, they wrote and the New Testaments were written in Greek, in a Greek language. Bible in the Word of God, in the Bible, has different word, different word. Let me tell you, Bible is called scripture, scripture. And that you find in John chapter 7, verse 38. Also, the Bible also called writings, the writings. And you will find in John chapter 7, um, no, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And then the word of God, and then the law, prophets, and the Psalms. These are the, the word used for the Bible. Now, the Old Testament and the New Testament, the, what is the testament? Is uh, Latin, Latin word testamentum, the meaning a will. God's will is Bible. God's will. You know, my friends, if your father or mother passes on and if they write the will on you, what would you do? Treasure. This is my father's will. This is my father's will. I will die because that was his last will for me. This is God's will for you and me. How much we need to treasure. How much we need to treasure. And pass it on to our children and grandchildren. <clears throat> One footnote. In, uh, you, you have, have you heard Apocrypha? How many people have heard the, use the word, heard the name or word 
Apocrypha. The 14 books which Roman Catholic has in their Bible. Apocrypha, Apocrypha, sorry, my pronunciation, bear with me. If you fire me, I'll go. <laughs> Apocrypha, Apocrypha. It is important to discuss apocryphal writings because they are included in Catholic Bible. Apocrypha means hidden. Apocrypha means hidden, okay? There are 14 books. They are never quoted. Listen to this, my friends. They are never quoted in the New Testament. Also, Christ never mentioned them in his list when he was talking to two men on the way to Emmaus. Remember? In chapter 24, turn with me, please. Luke's Gospel 24. Luke 24, verse 44. Luke 24, 44, please. Twenty-four chapter, verse 44. Thank you, brother. Do you see three things Jesus told to these two men on the way to Emmaus? Prophets, law of Moses, and then Psalms. He never mentioned about Apocrypha. He never mentioned about Apocrypha. Why? Let me, see, let me tell you. There are problems with content in the book of Apocrypha. There is one of the books called Tobit. Tobit. Tobit chapter 4 verse 8 and 8 to 10 and chapter 12 verse 9. And Maccabees chapter 12 verse 43 to 46 states, listen to this, that one can make atonement for the dead. One can make atonement for the dead. That you find in Tobit. No wonder Jesus never used that book. It was not in the 60 books of the Bible. So if you encounter Roman Catholic friend and they say your Bible is not complete, you can tell them that turn to book of Tobit and you'll find, can you can you, uh, can you make an atonement for the dead person? If your grandfather is dead, can you make the atonement for your dead grandfather so he can jump from limbo to heaven? There is no validity in the scripture. Once, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27, once you die, then you have to stand before God. There is no second chance. 
there is no second chance though that so that what the tobit chapter 4 verse 8 to 10 and chapter 12 verse 9 says that you can atone for your dead person it is clear that this teaching is inconsistent with the biblical teaching because we have the atonement once for hallelujah otherwise every sunday you will bring the atonement and pastor marty has to slain one by one thank god for the lamb slain on my behalf your behalf so i don't have to atone for my dead mother or dead father so they can be saved even though they are dead bible is clear it is done deal it is absolutely done deal so that's why apocrypha jesus never mentioned otherwise he 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 could have said to this two men two persons about apocrypha but he never did it he never did it so thank god that we have this book called bible you know i would like to print out next time god willing next time i would like to print out and give it to you the old testament survey bible survey that like example let me fly through and please follow me 4000 bc was a creation so our earth is not 3 billion years of old no 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 that's baloney it's only 6000 years 6000 bible scholars and archaeologists and the doctors and all these christians uh, um, uh, 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 what is that research center we get a devotion i'm going to ask pastor mahdi that on behalf of the church we can write a letter to to uh, what is it uh, institute of christian research center and they have every every three months they have a devotions book days of praise in our community baptist church everybody had and everybody memorized that so beautiful and it is for the mature people mature christians and and my friends if this is the free of charge if you donate them some money they will it's absolutely wonderful wonderful it's called days of praise days of praise and they will send you free and every, i wish everybody would take and devote uh, morning you can have a time of devotions and read and meditate absolutely biblical absolutely biblical and we have i've been i've been using for many 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 years and it will be a great spiritual tool for you so you can build up your faith so 4000 bc creation 2300 bc flood 2000 bc call of abraham then isaac was 1860 bc then jacob was 1820 bc 1700 bc joseph egypt famine jacob was went to egypt then 1446 exodus exodus and then 1000 bc the king saul david and solomon it was united kingdom and then 900 bc the kingdom was divided 700 bc assyrian destroys israelites and they were went to the captivity and then the babylonian captivity in 606 and 536 jew returned to jerusalem to build the temple build the temple so these are the 
I would like to print out and give it to you next Sunday. Definitely, you will have this. And once in a while, every time, whenever I feel that this is very important for you, keep it. Make a file for your further study. It will really help you in the days to come. So, let's go back again. Uh, before starting of the Old Testament survey discussion, different sections of the Old Testament explain that 39 Old Testament books are divided into three major sections. This is now test. This is now a test. What are the 17 books called? First 17 books, what we can call them? What you find in 17 books of the Old Testament? First, historical books. You find history. And then we have five books, poetical, poetry, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, and Proverbs. These are the poetry and wisdom books. And then last 17 books are prophetical books. Prophetical books. So 39 books, 39 books. So, what are the first five books of the Bible called? Pentateuch. A. Pentateuch. <clears throat> then we have 12 books of the Bible called history books, and then you know the rest. Any questions so far? Any questions? If you have any questions, if you are shy to ask question or ask, I'm available. I'm available. I'm not raptured yet. I'm available. <laughs> so you can come anytime. And we'd love to have you in our house too. If you have a, you can come to Seven Carmody. We live next to Pastor Marty. So we'd love to have you. Any questions you have, friends, do not Hesitate to come. I'm not perfect, far from perfect, perfection. But one thing, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And that's why I have hope. You know that song, I love that. In the mirror of his word, the reflection I see make me wonder why God has never given up on me. And then the hymn writer says, he's still working in me. Is he working in you, my friends? Is he working in you or you already graduated? You know, my friends, I, I took a series in our church, God's Man in God's School. That was the title. God's Man in God's School. And right on the first, I told, God's Man in God's School never graduates. Once he thinks that he has graduated, he stopped learning. In the mirror of his word, reflection I may see, 
make me wonder why he has never given up on me. He's still working in me. Till my last breath. Then I will hear, welcome home. Would you like to hear that word? Well done. Welcome home. Then on your deathbed, you will say, I finish my course with joy. I finish my course with joy. I want to say that. I want to say that. And I wish you would. You would say the same thing. I want to finish my course with joy. May the Holy Spirit of God lead us in our journey in such a way that when the time comes, we can tell our children and grandchildren, I have finished my course with joy. And pass on that baton to your sons and daughters so they can run the rest. He's still working in me. Is he working in you, my friends? Is he working in you? Do you see in the mirror of God's word and reflection, and you wonder why, God, you never gave up on me? He's still working in me. Pastor Marty.